Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning, Roto Experts. To the end zone. The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Monday, October 15th. Yeah, let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speed Spitting Statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King, Scott Angles. Scotty, how you doing? Big action yesterday. Yeah, uh, very fun game last night. And uh, I don't know if you had Brock Osweiler and Albert Wilson in your daily lineup, but uh, the, the the lineup that uh, finished first in the Millionaire Maker DraftKings actually had Brock Osweiler and Albert Wilson in it. Yeah, well, that'll get it done. Absolutely. We will talk about Brock Osweiler doing it to the Chicago Bears defense in a way that it has not been done yet this season in a hot second. But we are going to spend two hours this morning, Scotty, going through all the games. We're going to go into FST as well. Blue, it is out on Monday. So we take the two hours to react to everything we saw, give you the highlights, give you the takeaways, and let you know what we think that means a little bit moving forward, okay? But if you are in a bad way and you need to get your team a little bit better, one thing you can do is go on over to rotoexperts.com and get the Roto Experts exclusive edge in-season fantasy football package. Don't forget to enter the promo code THEKING at checkout, all right? Because some teams, listen, you may be on your way to being 2-4, and four, to being 3-3, three and three, whatever the case may be, but you still have plenty of time to get back on the good foot and the Roto Experts exclusive edge in-season fantasy package is the way to start. Let's start with that game Sunday night, though, Scotty. I mean, listen, I was telling people, we were talking about the over-under on that game, right? It was set at 60. I had a poll question up last week, and is that too much? I was telling people that I would have to go with the under because too many things would have to happen for it to be over. Well, guess what, Scotty? All of those things happen. Tom Brady throws for 340. Patty Mahomes throws for 352. Let it be known that the Chiefs had, I believe, nine points at halftime of this game. And they finish with 40. There is uh, 
production to go around. But you know where I want to start, Scotty? I want to start with my man, the stereotype, Sony Michelle. Another 24 carries. Scotty, it's clear to me that they are using him in a more traditional way, and he is a lead running back for the New England Patriots. Yeah, three straight 100-yard games. Uh, ran very well early, but it looked like he got a little gas towards the end with just seven yards on his last five carries, but punching him in the end zone twice here. Uh, and he was part of the game plan. I knew they were going to try to play a little bit of ball control last night. The half, on halftime, it kind of looked like he was on his way to a Jonas Gray against the Colts kind of night, but you uh, saw more of James White in the second half, but it's clear he, he, we were a little concerned about him. He was a game-time decision, but he played through it. You know, we've seen injuries in college, but right now, Sony Michelle is playing like an RB1. Fair enough. I appreciate that because, you know, we were ahead of that here on Roto Experts in the morning. The other thing I got to tell you, were. you Scott, I, I, You were. I wasn't. Well, that's all right. That's all right. You we were talking it. about the ascensions of a lot of these rookie running backs. Well, I appreciate it, sir. I appreciate it, sir. But you are not shot on good calls yourself. Let me tell you this, though, Scotty. I got to tell you one thing that I'm really frustrated about. I had a ton of people literally hitting me on social media in the middle of this game, Scott, being like, oh, wonder where all the points are. Being like, oh, Tyreek Hill isn't getting targeted. He's not looking to Tyreek Hill. Do I need to drop him now? What should I do? In the middle of a game. Okay, now let's not get crazy here because Tyreek Hill winds up with seven catches, 142 yards, and three touchdowns. I had people telling me they were worried about Gronk in the second half. He pops off, winds up with 97 yards. Even Chris Hogan gets involved. And it looks like we're talking about here. Here's what I want to compare, though. Scotty, on the Patriots, we got a herd, right? You got Gronk with some, Hogan with some, Edelman with some, White with some, Gordon with some. They even get Cordero Patterson the ball on end arounds. You see Sony Michelle in the run game. With the Chiefs, however, it seems to be a little bit more com- uh you know, consolidated, right? You get Tyreek Hill. Kareem Hunt has a great game, as always, up there in Foxborough. Gets 80 yards on the ground, another 105, and a touchdown in the passing game. Kelsey shows up 5 for 61. But it is really those three guys and, of course, Patty Mahomes, whereas the Patriots are a straight-up fantasy herd. Yeah, to your first point, people always do that. They're very impatient. I hate it. You know, I in, hate in, it, Scott. In, 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 in the first quarter, you know, I, I used to hate it, but, like, People have stopped tweeting that stuff at me because I tell them it's just the first quarter. It's just the second quarter. You know, the game is, is 60 minutes. You know, people yeah. people saying stuff like, oh, Antonio Brown saved his day, you know, and lucked out by, uh, you, you know, with his late right. touchdown. No, he didn't. The game is 60 minutes. That right. was clutch. He, he earned it. It doesn't matter when it comes as long as it comes. Stop complaining. You know, you can see a guy have – 10 rushing yards in the first half and then 125 in the second half. Let the game play out before you start complaining. I completely agree with you, Scott. It just gets, it really does get on my nerves. It's like people are so quick to want to jump on you if they think you got something wrong and they're forgetting about the way they look because it winds up being out there forever. The internet is forever, so you're going to be talking smack about someone who ultimately winds up with three touchdowns and 142 receiving yards, and you got that on forever. Let me ask you this, though. Let's put it forward here. Scotty, you know, the total was a 60. It went over the total by far. The, 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 I think with like three minutes to go when Patty Mahomes hits Tyreek Hill for the one-play 75-yard touchdown, they have a 97-yard kickoff return. I mean, Scotty, let me ask you this. 
Are we just going to see this again the last week of January? Is this the AFC Championship game? Uh, I mean, Jacksonville got rocked yesterday. It seems to be heading that way. And, you know, let let me say one thing here. Usually my reaction would be, well, the Chiefs don't have a good defense enough to get there or, you know, to play there. But nobody plays good defense anymore. It's Look true. at Jacksonville yesterday. Look at Chicago. Stomped. There is no, Stomped. there is no, there is no dominant defense. Jacksonville's defense had negative one and a half points on CBSports.com yep. yesterday, and they had minus one on ESPN. There is no. I was saying it on the Fantasy Football Rewind. There is no single defense that you can stick in and count on it every. Single week. Now, look, sounds like I'm being Homer, but, you know, it, it might be the truth. You know, the last defense I can recall that you could stick in every week uh, prior to Jacksonville last year was Seattle. You know, when they were having that run from like 2012 to 2015, usually it was one them and one other defense you could stick in every week. It's not happening anymore. But to answer your question, could this be the AFC championship game? Yes, because. You know, uh, you know, Russell Roethlisberger, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, he doesn't give up on a play. We saw it last night that sometimes it can be to the detriment, but mostly it's, uh, it helps the team. So, uh, but New England is still the king of the AFC until they get knocked off. Yeah, let me ask you one last question about this game, and we're, we're, we, we are spinning it forward. I mean, we talked about fantasy goodness. Everybody had fantasy goodness. We talked about the players, the Hunt, the Mahomes, obviously Brady with a great game, the stereotype. Everyone did what they needed to do, and you would figure that with a game that had 83 points scored. Um, let's talk about this as an AFC championship game. How much do you think this matters if this game is played in New England, if this game is played in Kansas City, if this game is played in London, if this game is played in Mexico City, or if this game is played on the moon, would it matter? Um, would it still be this kind of shootout? You know, I mean, this is in New England. Right now, the Chiefs would still technically have the best record in the AFC. I know we're far, far away from seeding in the playoffs. But do you think even, like, you talk about, like, defense doesn't matter anymore. Does the concept of home field even really matter when these kind of two teams get together? Uh... Home field always seems to be an intangible of some sort that's very hard to explain, you know, in a solid sort of way. But uh, if Kansas City's playing at Arrowhead, you know, they, they're usually tougher. You know, that's the loudest place in the AFC. And it's, I think the best way to explain, you know, when, you, when you're in your own home, home settings, you know, I've had a ba- Major League Baseball player explain, explain it to me before. You know, when you, you feel much easier and you, just when you have your creature comforts, when you're sleeping in your own bed, when you're going through a familiar routine, and then the adrenaline of having that, that crowded arrowhead back of you. Uh, look, Tom Brady can win anywhere, but uh, and I think, I think the Chiefs prove that, you know, that they, they travel well, but you know, I think you've got to give Kansas City a minor advantage, you know, if they're playing at home. All right, we will see. There's obviously still a lot of games to be played, and teams like potentially Jacksonville, like the Chargers potentially, like uh, contenders in the AFC North, whether that be Cincinnati or Pittsburgh or Baltimore that get back on the good foot. 
uh, may have something to say about that. Scotty, another game that was huge, and I don't know how many times we had to say it last week, Scotty. We were saying, oh, that Atlanta-Tampa Bay game has a high total as well, that you could look for some goodness there. I don't know how many times we told people we like Jameis Winston and DFS. We thought he was going to be able to produce. The Atlanta Falcons get a win their second of the season. They beat Tampa Bay 34-29 to in a game that does go over the very high total at 63 points were scored. We talked about Jameis Winston, 395 yards, the most passing yards of the day yesterday, four touchdowns as well. You'll take the two interceptions. He even ran for 31 yards, and then he spreads it around. Everybody got a piece. You know, Adam Humphreys, 82 yards. Deshaun Jackson, 77 yards. Four different players get the touchdown catches. Godwin gets a catch. Peyton Barber out of the backfield, and both tight ends. You know, we were talking about the tight ends. We were high on Cameron making America braid again. Then we hear O.J. Howard comes back. They both do work. Cameron Braid gets a touchdown very, very early to help his day. And then Peyton Barber, listen, Scott, there was a lot of talk about maybe Ronald Jones getting in the mix in this one. But Peyton Barber, 13 carries for 82 yards. He looked like he is still the lead back in Tampa, Scott. Yeah, you know, I was the one who was speculating, too, about pick up Ronald Jones. Yeah. Uh, Barber wasn't doing anything. They had the 32nd-ranked uh, running game in the NFL. And, and look, uh, you know, it just didn't happen. Peyton Barber actually ran well yesterday against a very bad defense. Uh, as, as, uh, as I said you know, yesterday on Fantasy, Foot, Fantasy Sports Today in, in Sunday morning, that uh, you, know, you might see more of Chris Godwin than you – you, you would do Sean Jackson because uh, Jameis Winston just doesn't like Deshaun Jack, Jackson nearly as much as Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you saw Godwin get in the end zone again. You know, he's got four touchdowns in five games. And then on the other side, you know, injuries to Mohamed Sanu and Calvin Ridley were very disappointing. And, you know, there was talk like, okay, you know, if Julio Jones is going to get in the end zone one day, uh, you know, it's going to be this one. And it didn't happen. You know, the guy's going to end up with 1,900 yards and two touchdowns the way it looks. But the one thing I definitely want to say is no more with Tevin Coleman, all right? Two 30-yard yeah. rushing games in very good matchups. This guy is not taking advantage of the opportunity whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. He only gets 35 yards on the ground. Edo Smith is the one who gets the touchdown on the ground. They need to figure that out, whether it's with Devontae Freeman returning or giving a bigger share to Edo Smith. Something to definitely watch news reports on as the week goes. You mentioned it, Julio Jones. You can't be upset if you have him in PPR format to get you 24 points, right? But he still does not get in the end zone. And then Scotty, our guys, you know, we've we've had fun with the pass catchers not named Julio Jones on Atlanta. All season long, and I got to give it to you, Scott, Austin Hooper continuing to sustain it this time around. You know, we've seen in previous seasons like flashes here or there, but he looks like he's stringing some games together. Nine catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown. My guy Sanu with a touchdown as well, and I got to tell you, his run down the left sideline after a catch, trucking people over. People do not want to tackle Muhammad Sanu. Calvin Ridley, three for 47, but he leaves with an ankle injury, something we need to keep our eye on moving forward, right? Yeah, we certainly do. You know, we got to keep an eye on the Ridley and uh, the Sanu injuries. And, uh, you know, it's not fast food. We don't have answers right away for the next game. So we're just going to have to play wait and see here. And uh, we don't know when Devonta Freeman's coming back. And they said it's not long term. But, you know, this, this running game is pretty much a mess.
Yeah, what that means, though, that does, however, mean that Matt Ryan will continue to be someone to look for, okay? He will continue to put the ball up in lieu of a lack of a running game. Real quick, Scotty, I know we can't, you know, make definitive answers on some of these things, but is Justin Hardy the guy you think would be, like, next man up if indeed Sanu or Ridley were to miss time? Is he worth a name to have on your radar for waivers, Justin Hardy out of Eastern Carolina? No, because he's had opportunities no. to step up before, and he hasn't done anything with them. Just because a guy gets an opportunity doesn't mean he's going to take advantage of it. Yeah, I hear you. I just here's my thing though. Like, it w- couldn't he be very similar to like a a Kiki QT, not in skill set, but in opportunity? I mean, the, the Falcons, like the Texans, are a team without really much of a run game to speak of. A quarterback that's going to be putting it up. So, isn't the opportunity like just prime in case if it does happen? The opportunity is the player is not mm-hmm. He's not Kiki okay. QT. Kiki QT. And he's not Marcus Valdez Scantling. He's better than Marcus no. Valdez Scantling. All right. Fair enough. The next game I want to talk to you real quick. And, Scotty, I was in the building for this one again. I have seen the Jets now twice in the regular season, and they've put up like 30-plus points both times I see them. The Jets get a 42-34 win against the Indianapolis Colts to go to 3-3 three and three on the season. Scotty. Um, Jermaine Curse, your boy, your boy, uh, you know, comes in and does some, some work, goes nine for 94. Quincy Nunwa is, continues to be banged up and that's where he got some of his opportunity. Yeah. You know, a uh, nice call by Jim Day yesterday on Jermaine Curse. Uh, you know, played real, very well when he came to the Jets yesterday. If they need him to step forward, he'll do it. And, uh, you know, this, this guy, this guy can be clutch too, which you'll like as a Jet fan. Yeah, I think the most important thing we got to talk about, though, Scotty, from this game is actually on the other side with Indianapolis, okay? Ryan Grant leaves with an ankle. Robert Turbin leaves with a shoulder. And what I got to ask you about now is Marlon Mack because our guy, Scotty, Naheem Hines, listen, I was there. I saw it. Naheem Hines dropped a end zone look on a third down and goal that was a big play for the Colts. And we didn't really see much of him after that. It was the Marlon Mack show. Naheem Hines, who we have touted here only Three carries for 14 yards and only two catches in the pass game for another 21. And it's Marlon Mack. I mean, there's still no, uh, you know, Jordan Wilkins is nothing. Uh, Turbin got hurt. It's Marlon Mack, 12 carries, 89 yards, and then more work in the passing game. I want to ask you about his status when we come back. We're off and running. It's Dane and Scott, Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on back. We look back at week six. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Jump up, jump up, and get down. It's Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King. 
Scott Angle. Hey, Scotty, you got to let the people know that BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service, fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. BetDSI is now offering a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code FNTSY. That's BetDSI.com, promo code FNTSY. Head on over and start winning today. I was talking about the Colts when we went to break, Scotty. And, you know, we've been all over Naheem Hines for the majority of the season. But I really think the fact that he dropped that end zone look early in the game really put him in Frank Reich's doghouse for the rest of the one. And Marlon Mack kind of took over. Now, Marlon Mack has been injured. He was kind of the number one back going into the preseason. But he's been dealing with a hamstring injury for much of the preseason, much of the season. You know, Jordan Wilkins never did anything with his opportunity. We were wondering about Robert Turbin coming back off suspension. He gets banged up. We talk about Naheem Hines carving out a little bit of a role for himself, but Marlon Mack was like, yo guys, hold my beer. Let me show you how the running game is done. 12 carries, 89 yards. He also, you know, I guess only one catch in the passing game, but I guess we have to move forward on this. A lot of people are going to be asking questions about the Colts' backfield. What do you think about Robert Mack and Naheem Hines moving forward? Well, he did get stuffed twice at the goal line, so when everybody's healthy, it could be a full committee here, where uh, where basically it's uh, it's it's Marlon Mack being the lead ball carrier, Turbin being the goal line back, and Hines being the pass catcher. Okay, and if that's the case, that that sounds to me like too many people in that committee. Meaning all three of them have, you know, not the best amount of value. Like, is this someone that? Because they split it up now, maybe three ways that all three of their share falls below what I would want in a startable running back for fantasy. I think Hines is still going to have some value. He had no business dropping that kind of pass yesterday, but I still right. think they're going to want to get him involved in the passing game. So let me ask you this, though. Are we talking about now more exclusively a PPR play? Because he was starting to threaten being viable in standard formats as well. Yeah, he's, he's PPR only. Okay, he's PPR only. The Jets get a win. They go to 3-3 three and three on the season. Maybe I'm their lucky charm, Scotty. I've been there twice in a row. They're putting up big-time points. We shall Maybe see. Maybe you need to get season tickets. Maybe I do. Listen, me and my family had season tickets. My grandparents had season tickets to the Jets in Shea Stadium with Joe Willie. Okay, and then when the, uh, when the organization went with that whole PSL route, Let's put it this way. My family just didn't have, like, whatever it was, the 25 grand to drop on them. So that's why we don't have season tickets anymore. Scotty, your team gets back on the good foot over across the pond. You know, my Jets get a win to go to 3-3. Three and three. Your Seahawks get a win to go to 3-3. Three and three. They put it on the Raiders 27-3 to three in this one. Scotty, we were talking about this Marshawn Lynch uh, revenge aspect. It doesn't really come to fruition. 13 carries for 45 yards. Then in the past game, Amari Cooper, correct me if I'm wrong, Scotty, but Amari Cooper gets concussed early on in this game, ruining the chances for fantasy owners. In his stead, though, listen, nothing really happens. I mean, David Carr had negative points in one scoring system that I saw in one of my leagues, only 142 yards on the ground. Jalen Richard, a running back. Uh, 
with the most catches and the most yards in the air, 7 for 48. What's going on with John Gruden? He is a dumpster fire like many of us predicted. We told everybody who would listen, Scott, to take the Raiders' season win total under. They now stand at 1-5 with everybody ahead of them in the AFC West. Yeah, the Seahawks defense pretty much dominated the day. Frank Clark mm. was just terrorizing Colton Miller uh, on the left side right there. They they came out, I believe, with six sacks yesterday. Uh, fumble, Carr got hurt. Amari Cooper got, got knocked out of the game as well. Jordy Nelson, two catches, six yards, and they were gang tackling Lynch every chance they got. You know, this this game was, was never, ever close. Uh, you know, the Raiders, yeah. the, the Raiders with a – with a very limp offensive performance. A very limp offensive performance, you say. There's a blue pill for that, Scotty. Let me look on the other <laughs> side here. On the Seahawks side has of things, been, this is the kind has been franchise. Has been yes, franchise. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I hear all the, uh, you know, what are those called? Like the government testing, the trial runs. They have been all done with that. But in any event, let's not go off the rails on this one, Scotty. The Seahawks, this is the kind of game you want to see. Russell Wilson, very efficient. 17 out of 23. And then, look, the running game is back. We talk about Carson, 59 yards, right? But look, Rashad Penny, nine carries for 43 yards. Doug Ball win six catches for 91 yards these are some of the names we were expecting to hear at the beginning of the season people were telling me oh my god i need to drop doug baldwin oh my god doug baldwin sucks well if you got 15 ppr points out of him that's okay and rashad penny is in the box score again scotty tell me what this means i think it was very encouraging for baldwin i was very worried about him uh you know with last with uh last week's one catch performance uh i would say not even play him last week because you know you have you have injuries in both knees uh but yesterday you look Bulba was telling a, a seahawks reporter and you know day the day before actually a few days before i'd like to think 80 percent of me is better than 100 percent of other people and he looked okay uh you know he actually like broke split the defense out of one deep ball and russell wilson overthrew him so Look, with the injuries, he's not going to be a wide receiver one or even wide receiver two, but he can be a wide receiver three. And then Tyler Lockett scored yet again, and David Moore is their new deep threat. You know, he's got three touchdowns in his last two games. As far as the running game goes, it's still Chris Carson is the lead back, and Mike Davis is the change of pace. Maybe you'll see a little bit of Petty in there, but you know, this has become a full-blown committee. But the one guy you want to own is Carson, but you can't really trust any of them. Right. Would you say it's similar, Scott, although maybe you, you have more faith in them, but it's similar to Indianapolis, right? There's now just too many people getting snaps and getting touches of the ball that all of them are something you can't rely on. Similar to how Mac might get touches, Hines might get receptions, there may be others that are sprinkled in. Now you have Carson and Penny and Mike Davis involved. Like, you can't trust any of them, right? Like, I don't feel comfortable starting any one of those six guys. No, I, I don't think so. Okay, uh, it's it hides on one pl one spot in PPR, and it's right. Carson in the other. Yeah, I mean, maybe the only thing we could hope is that potentially, as the season goes along, maybe uh, these rookies even get 
more and more opportunity. Maybe this is the beginning of a uh, of an ascension for Rashad Penny. Hey, Scotty, you talked about how Doug Baldwin, 80% of him, is better than most. I got to tell you something, and I have been down on this guy. I tell you, and this guy really showed me something. 80% of Adrian Peterson seems to be better than most as well as the Washington football game in a game that I had all wrong. I got to tell you something. I thought that the Washington football team were so banged up that they had no playmakers. I thought Carolina was going to go into our nation's capital and get a W. That does not happen. Both teams are now 3-2. and two. Washington gets a 23-17 to 17 win. Adrian Peterson, can we talk about him, Scotty? 17 carries, 97 yards on a bum shoulder, on a day where Jamison Crowder couldn't go, on a day where uh, um, Chris Thompson couldn't go for this team. Adrian Peterson shows what a veteran. He, he knows he's getting banged up on his shoulder. He knew it was going to be a painful thing. He said, let me just grin and bear it, and he almost gets the century mark. 17 carries for 97 yards, uh, you know, treating fantasy owners well, and also the Washington football team because they needed every bit of it yesterday. Yeah, Adrian Peterson has 90 rushing yards in, uh, or more in uh, three of five games here. Uh, so you know, I think you can really trust him as a, as a flex guy right now. Uh, Adrian Peterson loves to prove people wrong. Remember when right. he rushed for 2,000 yards coming off the knee injury? Uh, right. People want to think he's finished, and he's not. Yet another running back is showing that that old silly uh, axiom of, oh, a running back hits 30, he's done. Uh, you know, Adrian Peterson, Marshawn Lynch, you know, these guys are still going pretty strong. Yeah, absolutely. Help me with this passing game, though, Scotty. On the Washington side of things, I mean, Alex Smith only throws for 163, two touchdowns, the game manager of it all. But I'm really confused. Scott, I'm really confused. I don't know how to play this. If you have a Washington pass catcher moving forward, I'm talking about either tight end. I'm talking about like one of three wide receivers, right? Josh Dotson is back. Paul Richardson, Crowder missed this game. I'm talking about if you have Chris Thompson. What do you do if you have any pass catcher for the Washington football team? Because, I mean, they get a win, but Vernon Davis leads the team in receiving yards. Um, Jordan Reed leads the team in catches. Paul Richardson, who looks Looked like he was banged up and who I know you don't think, uh, you know, kind of performs as well without the guy who could throw the deep ball like Russell Wilson of of his previous seasons. Like, how do you play these Washington cast catchers moving forward? There's really uh, no track to follow here. Jordan Reed, you thought he was going to play well and Vernon Davis gets a touchdown, plays well for two weeks in a row. Uh, when Chris Thompson's in there, you know he's involved. You know, this, it, Alex Smith has returned to being dink and dunk here. So, you know, there's really nothing to see here. All right, let's look at the other side of things here. I'm confused by the Panthers' offense as well. Scotty, I mean, Cam gets his. You know Cam's going to get his. 275 in the air, two touchdowns. He does have the pick, but that's mitigated as it usually is with Cam Newton because he's the leading rusher for the team. But I want to ask you, we're going to hear all sorts of stuff this week about Christian McCaffrey. He has eight carries, 20 yards, not much in the past game. He gets the seven catches for 46 yards. So listen, if you're in PPR formats, you know, you'll take the 13 
13, 14 points. It's certainly not what you're starting to expect out of him. But, you know, we saw Greg Olson come back in miraculous fashion, 4 for 48. Devin Funches gets into the end zone, looking like the leading wide receiver for this team. DJ Moore continues to get sprinkled in. This is becoming a herd as well, Scotty. And the, the only added factor here is, you know, Cam Newton's going to run for 40 yards a game. He continues to be the Panthers' leading rusher. Yeah, you know, there's a floor there. Uh, you right. know, usually it's McCaffrey, but he just he just had a bad day yesterday. Uh, there's always a floor there with Cam Newton, fantasy-wise. Very, very safe. Uh, Greg Olson's not 100%. Didn't have a bad day, but... Uh, Funches is pretty much the number one receiver there right now. So let me ask you about Funches real quick, because Funches is a guy to me that <clears throat> I don't have many shares of Funches, Scotty. I've, I've never been high on Funches because I think that Cam, you know, is a goal line runner himself. You know how I love Christian McCaffrey, a returning Greg Olson. But Funches shows himself, you know, it makes a beautiful catch for the touchdown, five for 74. Like, can you depend on Devin Funches on a week-to-week basis, Scott? Uh, he's very touchdown dependent, but I right. I think there's something of a of a decent floor there where you can expect about eight to eleven points. Really? So, so is he a wide? Is he what like a high end wideout three in your opinion? I would say so. Yeah, that's why you usually okay. have ranked. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. So even regardless of if Olsen is there or not. Yes. Okay, fair enough. So keep an eye out on that. The Panthers will look, look to get back on the good foot themselves. They fall to 3-2 and two in what is a very competitive NFC South, in my personal opinion. I don't think the Falcons are done yet either. Um, Scotty, you were talking about these older backs who get it done. You mentioned Adrian Peterson. You mentioned Marshawn Lynch. Scotty, you forgot about a running back who was the team's leading rusher for what may have been the most surprising outcome of the day, and that is Frank Gore for the Miami Dolphins. Frank Gore, 15 carries, 101 yards. Uh, he gets 18 yards in the pass game as well. But that is not the headline of this game. The headline of this game is the man that I, uh, you know, affectionately for two years called the $72 million noose around the Houston Texans franchise. Brock Osweiler throws for 380 yards and three touchdowns against the Chicago Bears defense. The other thing that I thought was very, very interesting, Scotty. The uh, Chicago Bears, zero, zero sacks in this effort. Everybody was talking about Khalil Mack and some kind of streak of a sack and a forced fumble. That did not happen. Somehow, Brock Osweiler and these Miami Dolphins were able to move the ball at will against, like you said, Scotty, what people thought was a great defense. But I guess that's just a misnomer in the, two th- in the NFL in 2018. Yeah, Khalil Mack had actually had five sacks in a game in a Raiders-Broncos game a few years ago of Osweiler. But uh, hmm. Osweiler, you know, I've seen this once or twice in his career where he has this unusually uh, really good game. Albert Wilson has been uh, three of five games. He's performed really well, but you, it's he's really, really unpredictable. Uh, we might have a quarterback controversy, though, here yeah. in Miami, but... Uh, when it involves Brock Osweiler, it tells you how dire the situation is. I, nobody saw this coming. Frank Gore has run hard. He became the first uh, running back to uh, account for 100 yards against the Bears this year. You know, the Dolphins, when, when they've played well, they've played well at home. Miami and Dallas played both really well at home 
and not so good on the road. That's the beauty of the home dogs, okay? Let me, uh, this is my beautiful chance to say it. I was telling you guys about the home dogs. I've said it all season long, Scott, and here are two more cases you just brought up. The Miami Dolphins at home facing the Chicago Bears off the bye. Everybody was like, oh, no way. You know, Chicago's going to go in there and boat race them. Miami's going to start to fall apart. I was in that as well. Brock Osweiler was under center for him. It does not matter. They get AEW in Dallas, and we'll talk about that game a little bit later on, but they were a home dog as well. Everybody was like, oh, with those wide receiving core and that Jacksonville back seven, they're not even going to be able to move the ball. They put up 40 points, and then to a lesser extent, Scotty, these home dogs really matter. Uh, That game that you and I were heads up on, you know, out there in Los Angeles, Denver, they didn't get the W, but they creep back. The back door is open, that sort of thing. The home dogs are a real thing in the NFL. It is hard to win a game on the road in the NFL. It was interesting that way that worked out after we talked. It's like they did cover, but they covered because of garbage time, but I guess that's the way betting worked out. You know, it's like I'm talking from a pure football perspective. This game worked out like I thought it was going to work out. You know, it was it was really uh, what was it? Yeah, the final twenty three to twenty. It's it wasn't even yeah. that close yesterday. You're it's absolutely like right. I, like I said, the Rams were the better team. But Jared Goff though didn't have a good statistical day. And this is the danger of playing Jared Goff and that Todd Gurley can get so many touchdowns that it's going to hurt Jared right. Goff in the touchdown department. Robert Woods with another excellent day. Cooper Cup uh, gets knocked out with what we thought was going to be a season. He end. got carted never, off. Yeah, yeah. You can never tell that just by looking at the injury with the naked eye. People assume the cart too is like the end of the season. Aaron right. Rodgers and Cooper Cup have both proved it's not the end of the season. Uh, not much from Brandon Cooks yesterday uh, as well, and uh, just Case Keenum so bad. Yeah, we'll get into that game a little bit more, but you're absolutely right, Scotty. When you're whether you're betting the game or in fantasy, garbage time is something that matters. You know, we talk about garbage time points in fantasy. We talk about the backdoor cover in gambling. We'll talk about it all more as we come back. Roto experts in the morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Roto Experts in the Morning, Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician, and the king, Scott Angle. We're breaking down all the stuff we saw yesterday as week six is almost in the books. We'll preview Monday Night Football a little bit later on in the show. But listen, Scotty, we got Major League Baseball playoffs going on, and the NBA tips off this week. So I got to let people know the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available. That means you can use the same tools and projections that DailyRoto.com 
NFL premium subscribers are using to win each week for NBA DFS contests. You've heard a lot about the optimizer here on the Fantasy Sports Network, how subscribers are winning tournament prizes on FanDuel and DraftKings, how our boy Colin Drew is taking home $70,000, then another $150,000. So let me tell you something. If you're playing DFS and you're not using the Daily Roto tools, projections, and optimizers, you're just doing it wrong. You are at a competitive disadvantage. So go on over to DailyRoto.com, click the Go Premium tab, enter the promo code FNTSY, and you'll get a special discount. Then you'll start winning today. That's DailyRoto.com, Go Premium tab, and enter the promo code FNTSY. Scotty, we are in a league together uh, called the Carton and Friends League, okay? And as you know, uh, you mentioned that you got you got probably your first W in that league. As you know, I share a team with our guy Mike Blewett representing Fantasy Sports Today, and we are just dump trucking the competition. But I got to tell you something. It, we, we, we're co-managing it, right? We're co-managing the team. We had, I believe it was like the number seven or eight pick overall in the draft. And we were actually split, Scotty, on our very first draft pick. On our very first draft pick, Blewett wanted one guy. I wanted someone else, okay? And I'm only obviously bringing up this story because it probably up. It wound up going in my favor. We decided to pick the guy that I wanted to pick at that eight spot overall. All right, uh, Scott, let me tell you what it was. Mike Blewett really, really, really in that spot wanted to pick Lennon Fournette. The guy I wanted to pick and the guy we ultimately did pick in that spot was Melvin Gordon the third, And Melvin Gordon the third, in my opinion, has to be a top three back in fantasy right now. I mean, who are the top backs? To me, it's Alvin Kamara. You're getting Todd Gurley, maybe Saquon Barkley. But the guy who belongs in this conversation that doesn't get as much notoriety and pub is Melvin Gordon, and he does it again as the Chargers go into Cleveland. Everyone where Baker mania is running wild, everyone's like, oh, Cleveland can start doing it. The Chargers come in there and boat race them 38 to 7 and the Chargers are now 4 and 2 with their only losses being to the Rams and the Chiefs keep an eye out on them Melvin Gordon 18 carries 132 yards and three touchdowns another 18 yards in the receiving game 150 scrimmage yards three touchdowns Melvin Gordon an elite fantasy running back Scott yeah, when I do my in-season ranks at rotoexperts.com every Tuesday, Melvin Gordon has been the number two running back in fantasy football. Uh, yeah, Barkley might be number three. I think you got to bump Kamara back a little bit mm. with the timeshare concerns right okay. now. Uh, but we should see the Kamara of last year. But uh, I, I would say you, uh, we can't forget Zeke. I'd probably put I'd sure. probably put Zeke I'd probably put Zeke third, Barkley fourth, Kamara fifth. Uh, right now. And you have Gurley and Gordon as the top two, correct? These L- yes. The Los Angeles running backs are dominating. Pretty much. Pretty much right now. Uh, I don't think we're going to see an LALA Super Bowl, but I think the Rams, you know, have an excellent chance of getting there. Yeah, I mean, don't sleep on the Chargers, though. Listen, Scotty, I mean, here's the—and yes, they were my early picks, so yes, I'm going to advocate for them, right? But honestly, objectively— They're a good team. They're a good team. team. Sure, they're looking up at the Chiefs, but now they're only one game back of the Chiefs. But objectively speaking, Scott, they are one of those teams who can put up this amount of points on anybody. Phillip Rivers will throw it, although he didn't do it much in this one because they didn't have to. Only 270 yards, two touchdowns. Melvin Gordon helped them out. But here's the thing. Honestly, Scott, their offense can hang with almost anybody, right? And they're doing this without their best defensive players, Scott. Remember, Joey B. 
Bosa still is not there wreaking havoc on opposing quarterbacks as a tandem with Melvin Ingram. But the rookie kid, Derwin James, is certainly showing off. He's been one of the better uh, rookie defenders, along with Denzel Ward, the Cleveland pick. I saw a stat that... um. What was it? Derwin James, Scott, actually has more sacks on the season than number four pick in Denver, Bradley Chubb. I find that interesting. But um, listen, the Chargers are off and running. Their only losses are to the two heavyweights, the Chiefs and the Rams. But talk to me. Here's the other thing I want to ask you about. I say it every week, and he did it again, Scotty Austin Eckler, another 60 yards on the ground by himself. He's uh, Is he a flex play still, no matter what? He's a, he's an RB four like uh, okay you know a stream with the bye weeks play. though yeah with the bye weeks coming up and we got four teams on a bye you know I think you'll use him but we saw nothing in the receiving game yesterday and only right. six points and the danger is there's not much of a floor. Yeah, here's the thing. The Chargers present themselves as a herd again. Everyone's so high on Mike Williams. It's Terrell Williams, though. Three catches, 118 yards, two touchdowns. Keenan Allen, a a so-so effort, you know, in PPR formats, only 10 points. But this is the thing. This is what another herd does. And this is what I say all the time, Scott. If you have a fantasy herd, it might be bad for the fantasy owner, but it is good for the real team. Phillip Rivers has so many options, whether it's Terrell Williams, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, the tight end Antonio Gates. You know, there's a lot of opportunity there for the Chargers, so they look good. Let's talk about the other well, side, I would, though. I wouldn't I would completely oh, say that. It looks What's good that? for Rivers and Gordon, but the yeah. wide receiver picture right now is not good. Keenan right, Allen hasn't scored since week one, right. and he's, he's, he's dropped out of wide receiver one territory, and he's tumbling. Right now, with respect, you give wide receiver two treatment, but he's going to fall into wide receiver three territory right now. It doesn't matter where these guys were drafted at this point. Terrell Williams, you probably won't see nothing for the next five weeks. And mm-hmm. time to cut Mike Williams. See, and that's this is my point, Scotty. This is what I mean by a fantasy herd, right? It's good for the actual offense. It's good for the Chargers, right? That Philip Rivers can just identify the mismatch kind of thing. But it is bad for fantasy owners because Terrell Williams, to your point, 118 yards and two touchdowns, that may not happen again. You know, next week, it could be Mike Williams that catches two touchdowns. It could be Keenan Allen who goes and has a, a, a 10 for 127 kind of day. That is pretty much the definition of the herd where you don't know there's so many guys where you don't know on any given week which one is gonna have the big day we see it in Atlanta we see it in Detroit we see it in New England we see it all the time that is the fantasy herd and so yeah but with those other one of them with those other teams you you can depend on a lot of those guys you know Julio's gonna get hit but he's not gonna get in the end zone uh, Ridley's been mostly good. You look at the Rams, you know, I don't even have to talk about that. In Detroit, right. you know Kenny Galladay is good, and that Golden Tate is going to rack up some catches. So, you know, some fantasy herds are very productive. Yeah. All right, and listen, I will say this, though, Scotty. I mean, they were up big. Most weeks, Phillip Rivers is going to throw the ball more than 20 times. Most weeks, there's going to be more than 207 passing yards to go around, and then even your guys like the – 
you know, the ones who didn't perform as well yesterday will still get some points. But your point is noted, Keenan Allen. The arrow is right now pointed down. We got to talk about the Cleveland side, though, Scotty. I mean, everybody was so excited about, you know, what Cleveland could do. They put up 14 points. Baker throws two picks. And then in the run game, everyone's talking about, oh, it's going to be Chubb. He's going to get more carries. Oh, you know, all this stuff. I mean, Duke Johnson is the team's leading rusher. With only two touches, I mean, he gets 36 yards, Hyde gets 34 yards, Nick Chubb three for 25, you know, it's um, it's kind of, can't figure it out there in Cleveland either. The one thing I will say, I'm encouraged by David Dianjoku's on you, leading the team in catches with seven, he gets in the end zone for Cleveland as well. Yeah, beautiful catch by Dianjoku, who's starting to come on here, uh, mm-hmm. disappointing game for Jarvis Landry. But it'll bounce back. If somebody's worried, you buy low on Jarvis Landry right now. Uh, you know, not not worried about him at all. Carlos Hyde is, uh, you know, was running well earlier in the season. They came into this game averaging just three point four yards per carry. And if uh, Hyde doesn't start picking it up, I wouldn't be surprised to start seeing more of Chubb, who's flashed some big playability recently. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about you guys. The Njoku is on you. With tight end being such a wasteland, we talk about it all the time, Scotty, where guys like Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald are popping off. You got to put David Njoku in the kind of back end tight end one conversation week to week. I mean, he's healthy and he's getting targets. Yeah, he is. uh, He certainly is. And tight end is such a wasteland that, you know, you got to pretty much got to pop a bit every week right now. Because he's giving yeah. you double-figure production. Listen, as, as, as long as he's getting that opportunity, you got you to gotta keep him on the radar. Scotty, another uh, 1 o'clock game I want to get into before we have our break. And listen, we've been saying this for such a long time, Scott. Uh, our guy, Dr. A., over at Inside Injuries was talking about it. I was getting a lot of questions, and people were asking me about Dalvin Cook. What do I do with Dalvin Cook? What do I do with Dalvin Cook? And I was like, listen, I am very concerned about Dalvin Cook. I think you need to downgrade Dalvin Cook. And then he doesn't do jack. He doesn't play at all in the Vikings' 27-17 win. Latavius Murray, 24 carries, 155 yards, and a touchdown. Spin this forward for me, Scott. Is Latavius Murray going to be a number one waiver ad? And how long will it be until we can have confidence in Dalvin Cook or should they kind of shut him down the same way the Jags did with Fournette? It's really hard to tell. You can't make that sort of prediction because you don't know how a guy heals. We thought Cook was going to be ready to go and then he tweaked his hamstring in the warm-ups. So you can't predict that kind of thing. They're hoping that Cook will be back next week. Latavius Murray, a number one way for it? No. He, this is the only good game that he played all year. Uh, I was recommending against him yesterday. He, I was wrong. He took advantage of a really friendly matchup. But until yesterday, we had seen nothing from Latavius Murray to indicate we had any faith in him. Okay, so let me ask you this, because to me it's a kind of depth chart thing, right? So talk to me about Latavius Murray vis-a-vis two other running backs, one that we – uh, two that we spoke about already, who I think are going to be at waiver the top of waiver ads. There's Latavius Murray out there. There's Marlon Mack, and there's Peyton Barber. How would you uh, how would you prioritize those three guys if you could have the opportunity for all three of them? Uh, means I'm really hurt the running back. Uh, it does, but go, these are guys now. Back. Mack and Barber are the lead shares of timeshares in the NFL. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that I want them on my roster. Marlon Mack, you, but is there's a little bit of upside. Up. 
Yeah, but uh, you know what though? I'll I'll rather I'd rather pop it at Austin Eckler than at Peyton Barber. So okay. look, uh, I'd rather take a, a chance at a Frank Gore than a Peyton Barber. You know, in in fact, Gore's available in a lot of leagues, so I'll throw him into that mix and I'll go I'll okay. go I'll go Mac, who's got a little bit of upside. I'll go Gore, Murray, and then Barber. Barber had a decent day yesterday, and, and Murray had a good day, but I, I really don't want any any part of, of Peyton Barber at all. So you think that Ronald Jones still eventually will be the lead there in Tampa, or no. is it just that you're off no. the run game entirely? I just I'm off off that run game entirely. It's all about passing. Just because a right. guy's a starter or a lead running back doesn't mean I want to want to stick him in my lineup even on a bye week. Okay, so it mean it sounds though then, Scotty, that you're with me on this idea though that Jameis Winston is a very interesting quarterback to stream or own for the rest of the season. Again, because you're saying that running game is nothing to speak of. Yeah, you, you called. And the Tampa Bay Pats defense is going to be giving it up, right? They continue to be giving it up. So oh, that's Jameis throwing the ball a lot. You talk about Godwin. You talk about Evans. You talk about Jackson and both tight ends, right? Are all five of these pass catchers viable moving forward? Even Cameron Braid? Uh, in the red zone? Howard in there, Braid is much less reliable, but he's somebody you can use as a tight end, too, on a bye week, I think. I think Deshaun Jackson's going to be boom or bust. And I, I really think Godwin, you know, is a high-end wide receiver four. Okay, and Evans continues to be a wide receiver one-two cusp kind of guy, right? Uh, yeah, disappointing day from yesterday. A little surprised. Yeah, I mean, Jameis was spreading it around, you know, but I think, you know, Mike Evans, there will still be those games in the next month where Mike Evans has, you know, nine for 123 and two touchdowns. Like, I still think that will come in the next month. I want to ask you, though, we talk about this Minnesota-Arizona game real quick. Arizona drops to one and five on the season, right? But, but, Scott, you know, their season has to be considered a success if they feel that they have their guy in Josh Rosen. Similar to the Jets, right? If at the end of the season they're comfortable with their guy Sam Darnold for the next, you know, 10 years, if the Cardinals are com- confident with their guy uh, Josh Rosen uh, for the next 10 years, then they got to consider themselves a win. So let me ask you this. Larry Fitzgerald is clearly injured or like, you know, fighting through injuries and clearly towards the downside of his career. There are two other pass catchers in Arizona that are in their first and second years. I'm talking about Christian Kirk, the wide receiver, and Ricky Seals-Jones, the tight end. Do you think that in the second half of the season, that obviously David Johnson, right? But do you think that these guys, Kirk and Seals-Jones, might be on the upswing as they look to build chemistry for a new era of Cardinals football with the Rosen one, along with, you know, obviously David Johnson in the backfield and Kirk and Seals-Jones? I mean, Kirk, 6 for 77, didn't get in the end zone, but we've seen his big play potential in the past. And Ricky Seals-Jones, they always say the young quarterback's best friend is the tight end. And Ricky Seals-Jones, five catches, 69 yards. I can build a narrative where I think both of those guys have the arrow pointing up as they look to build a rapport with with Rosen going forward. First off, I think if you were sitting in with anybody from the Arizona Cardinals who is an influencer, an executive, and it was a just honest conversation, and you said, is this season a success? One in five? No way. 
You know, it, it, it is positive that, you know, they found their quarterback. That's why they yeah. drafted him. But I don't think anybody would call the season a success. As for Ricky Seals-Jones, we can't be reactionary to one good performance. You know, he's been disappointing most of the season so far. But Christian Kirk is for real. So here's the thing, though, Scott. He's been disappointing most of the season so far, but Josh Rosen has only been the quarterback for like two games. So that's why I'm saying, that's why I'm wondering if now moving forward, they realize they're one and five, they realize they're out of contention. Is the objective for this season less about maybe winning games and more about building and seeing what you have for the future? I hear you, RSJ has not had a great start to the season, but now with Rosen, maybe like this is something they can work on. And that's why I actually believe that, RSJ may have better fantasy days ahead. I'll keep him on my watch list, but we saw this okay. last year, this tease, and Rose has been playing for three games now, and it's, it's just his first good game, so I, I'm not ready to buy back in on Ricky Seals-Jones. And by the way, uh, I didn't say it earlier when we were talking about the Raiders. Shame on me. Shame on me. Slap me for buying it again on Jared Cook, who's had all oh, yeah. games all year. <laughs> and once again, he goes back into a sinkhole. And I was ranking him top four in fantasy tight yeah. end in my in-season ranks. I should be ashamed. That's okay. That's okay. There are plenty worse things for you to be ashamed Can't of yourself for, Scotty. I got lorded by Jared Cook again. Jared Cook, two catches for 10 yards. Remember, uh, David Carr only throws for 142 overall. One hour in the books. It's Roto Experts And I never in have morning. before either. When we come back, Scotty, we got plenty more games to talk through. Hope And we preview tonight's Monday Night Football as we put week six in the books. Roto Experts in the morning. Dane and Scott, come on right back. We got... 